Hey everyone, welcome back to Season 8 of The Matt Report. Today's roundtable is all about course creators, product makers, and community builders. Oh my, what an episode this was with some of my favorites in the WordPress space, Jennifer Bourne, Devinder Singh Kainth, and Chris Badgett of Lifter LMS. Uh, we just had a great discussion. Uh, to just to see the differences in opinions, uh, the different views that each of these uh, business builders uh, have have seen the change in the WordPress space. It's just amazing to get their their feedback uh, on what's going on here. And from you know Jennifer's point of view, being an agency owner and uh, course creator, uh, all the way to Chris, who is a course creator. Uh, entrepreneur, right? He built Lifter LMS. So many folks are using that for courses uh, in the info product space and uh, in the higher education space. So it's good to see that. And then Devinder is the type of guy who, who just does a whole bunch of stuff in all of these areas. Uh, but more importantly, building communities communities around these, both in sort of blog publishing and creating Facebook groups, that kind of thing. Uh, and then as a developer designer himself, tying all of these pieces together. So uh, definitely a great trifecta uh, of, of, of opinions and insight here. And I really hope, uh, number one, you'd say thanks to these folks who are spending the time doing this. Uh, but number two, you get something out of this. Uh, really start to see the change of the uh, of the WordPress world uh, through their lens. And, and whether or not it's a drastic change, it's, it's totally uh, dependent on the context that you do business in. Some folks are, are pivoting pretty hard and, and moving away from WordPress and others are adjusting and just adding maybe another tool set to their belt uh, to sit alongside WordPress, things like Laravel or, or just pure JavaScript development and, and mobile app development, that kind of thing. So uh, plenty to learn here, plenty to discuss. And again, I really hope that you get a lot out of this. We're trying to hit 200 reviews on iTunes. I'm about 115 right now. So, you know, if you enjoy the episode, if you enjoy all what we do here at the Matt Report, go over to iTunes, uh, search for me there, uh, or pull it up in your Apple podcast player and leave us a review. It would really help. Uh, that's my new goal. Maybe by the end of the year, 200, uh, maybe at least by January, February 2019, 200 reviews. I don't know. We're going to try and give it a shot. Let me know if you can do that. Thanks for listening as always. Let's get into the show. Today's roundtable number three, Jennifer Bourne, Chris Badgett, Devinder Singh, Kainth. Everyone, welcome back to the program. Or welcome to the panel, I should say. <laughs> Great to be here. Um, for folks who don't know who you are, we'll start from my left, which is Jennifer. Jennifer, who are you and what do you do? My name is Jennifer Bourne. I co-own a design and development agency, Bourne Creative, and offer a course for designers and developers to improve their business over at jenniferborn.com. I co-organized the Sacramento WordPress meetup and WordCamp Sacramento, and that's it. Uh, the Brady Bunch, if I were to point this way, at least on my screen, is Devinder. Devinder, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> Who are you and what do you do? Well, I'm Devinder Singh Kian. I design and develop websites for direct clients and also for agencies on white label basis. I run a bunch of niche websites have released a few online courses and recently launched my first ever podcast just two days back. So that is the latest with me. I'm sorry to hear that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Chris, <laughs> Chris, who are you and what do you do? I'm Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of Lifter LMS, which is a WordPress solution for creating, selling, and protecting online courses. In my past, I've worked as a WordPress implementer freelancer. I've built an agency and uh, I also have a podcast for course creators called LMS Cast. Awesome. Uh, for folks who are 
just listening, uh, make sure you check out YouTube this season because uh, they will be recorded. Uh, the panels will be recorded. They'll be loaded up there to youtube.com slash uh, the Matt Report. And the reason why I put today's panel together, uh, well, you might know some of them already from the community. They're, uh, God, do I, I hate to use thought leaders, right? <laughs> but, but I, you know, you, you all are, I always laugh. <laughs> you're all thought leaders, at least in my book. And I say that with the, the highest, uh, you know, level of respect. Uh, but there are, there are also folks that have great messaging around their businesses uh, and purpose, uh, at least in my book. So excited to get the conversation going. You can hear my dog in the background. I apologize for that. The big question is, is there a change in WordPress? What's the change that's happening, if there is any? Um, Jennifer, I'm going to throw it over to you first because hey, you were yep. delegated. <laughs> so, so <laughs> no problem. What, what kind of change are you seeing at all? What does the ethos look like in your part of the world? I think from you know, our day-to-day -day interactions with people through the agency and through the meetup is we're seeing that WordPress is kind of, it's matured. You know, when we got into using WordPress originally, there was growth. You know, every year the state of the word was how much WordPress has grown and people are coming in. And now we're seeing kind of this plateau of people that have moved have moved. There are still people that are moving into WordPress, but we're kind of seeing this squeeze at the bottom and kind of a, a squeeze a little bit at the top and or a, a growth at the bottom and a growth at the top, excuse me, but the middle is getting squeezed. There's more competition than ever. You know, there's a huge number of people that have come into WordPress to offer services because it is so accessible and it is so easy for people to get started. There isn't that barrier to entry. So we're seeing lots of opportunity at the bottom and it's driving prices down at the bottom. And we're seeing lots of opportunity at the top. If you've up-leveled your development skills and you're offering memberships and courses or you're offering e-commerce uh, services and things like that. But if you just stayed in the middle and you didn't figure out, you know, a good niche or you didn't, you're probably feeling some squeeze right now. Four years, it's almost four years ago you were on this podcast. So September yeah. 11th, uh, 2014 is when you, uh, when I published the episode. So maybe a few mm -hmm. weeks before that we actually recorded. And it was all about the onboarding experience of mm -hmm. getting somebody. And that's been getting somebody into your agency. That's been super crucial. Uh, yes. I know for my, for my agency and my products, ha have you shifted onboarding over the years with the change of WordPress since then? Or is it really just uh, an evolution of, hey, I've just found new customers and I just sort of adapt it towards them. I don't really focus on the WordPress side of things. We still... We still definitely focus on the WordPress side of things with Born Creative. I mean, that's the, that's with our agency, that's the majority of the business that we're doing. Um, and onboarding is still as critical as it was then. But onboarding clients is different depending on the types of clients you deal with, right? When we originally talked uh, onboarding and profitable project plan and those things, it was all meant for us to be able to systematize smaller dollar projects to make sure that they're profitable. You know, at the bottom, there's so much competition and there's so much uh, squeeze on the price that you've got to have systems in place to be able to remain profitable and competitive. And so that's where all of that came from. And as our agency has kind of shifted client bases over to that not quite enterprise space, like we don't want all the drama in the enterprise, but, the, but those that operate right below that onboarding is still critical and the systems are still critical, but the way that we run them and deliver them has changed over time. Yeah. That actually for folks who are watching that blanket right there 
is from Prestige Conf, where yeah. you and I both spoke <laughs> many, many years ago. That's Chris, good. Yeah, they're nice blankets. Chris, I'll, th- I'll throw it over to you because, you know, we like to blame product owners as the reason why the middle is getting squeezed. Page builders, LMS builders, you guys make it too darn easy for people uh, to build out these complex sites. I know you have a lot of thoughts on the change of WordPress. So I'll just throw that general softball question out to you. What does the landscape look like for you and your business? I think it's definitely changing, especially because of the page builders. Um, I look at sites people are building in my community of online course membership site. And what they're doing with page builders is way better than I was doing as a, as a freelancer back in the day. And these are people who had less technical chops, marketing chops than I did at that time. So that's the do-it-yourself eth- ethos is alive and well in the WordPress community. The tools are a lot easier to use. Like if you look at a Wix advertisement, uh, they always start with, you need a website. And that's what people want. They just want a website. It's becoming less and less important that it's WordPress. Um, yeah. And it's harder to deliver on that service. Uh, I do agree that the middle is shrinking. The high end is still there. And then um, a lot of those middle range projects, like in our agency days, if I was fighting for a today, which I don't do agency work anymore, but if I was fighting for a ten dollars to $30,000 project, it would be a lot I can tell it would be a lot harder. You have harder. to fight way harder for those projects. Absolutely. And clients are more, are you noticing too, your clients are way more savvy. Like totally. they are more educated. They're more savvy. They're more demanding. They <laughs> want more. Um, and so I think there's pressure as well. Like you can't get away with offering what you offered five years ago today. You know, if yeah. you haven't evolved and grown and, and improved, and if you can't deliver them more value than that, then they're going to hire somebody else. Yeah, you've got to adapt. For sure. And I just want to say on the product side of the whole thing, we're experiencing steady, stable growth, but it's really the, um, the WordPress still is a thing. Like for us in the online course learning management system industry, uh, there's things like Teachable and Thinkific, the SaaS models out there. But what ends up happening is people get bottled in for uh, a lack of ability to customize and own the platform. And then they really start coming to WordPress because that's what WordPress is all about. So in in that world, WordPress is alive and well in terms of ownership and DIY. So when you look at, because that was actually going to be my next question to you is, when you look at the SaaS-based businesses that are out there, do you ever sort of, you know, want to go in that direction? Will you go in that direction? And counter to that is, well, if you say, you know, most of our customers, customers fit really well because they want to customize their uh, LMS solution. Don't you think you could actually get more money for that? At least from the, from, from the perspective that I've seen being now at Pagely for over a year that enterprise and bigger businesses will pay. Like they look at low dollars and they say, hundred bucks. Like I <laughs> not even worth the time for me to do the paperwork to to, to, to buy this thing, find me something that's like 10 grand. So I think in the traditional software days, you know, a guy like you or an organization like yourself could go in and be like, the solution's $30,000 a year, right? And then there's a $100,000 add-on support contract. Do you ever look at your pricing and say, boy, we could get a lot more money for the value that we offer? Um, and how do, you, how do you adapt to that? I do look at that and we do, we are somewhat premium in the WordPress space. And Our you biggest are, I should say that. bundle is a thousand dollars a year. Yep. Uh, I drank the WordPress Kool-Aid a long time ago. <laughs> and, and part of that means <laughs> I love this community and I mm-hmm. love the extendability and uh, just the never ending customization that can happen. So as an example, if somebody wants an LMS site, 
but they also happen to write, run live events. No problem. We'll go get a calendar plugin or let's integrate WooCommerce and combine courses plus t-shirts plus yoga mats or whatever. That, ex that infinite extendability, you can't do in the SaaS ecosystem. You can add a lot of features, but you're always going to be sacrificing to like, what's the 20% that everybody needs? There's not that open door to continue, continually customize. Yeah. Devinder, let's get you in here. What's your perspective with so much, with your, your tentacles out there in so many areas <laughs> with content sites and, and product and doing custom stuff? What's, what's it look like to you? I think more and more people are realizing like two important factors. Is WordPress easy? Well, it's not. Is WordPress free? Well, it's not actually because <laughs> yes, it's free. But when you start building a website on WordPress, costs do add up rather quickly. So a lot of people now, if a client comes to you and he has a budget of say $30 per month just for maintenance, and we are not even talking about, you know, build, uh, build estimate, you are not going to get him on WordPress, send him to Squarespace or Wix because that that client fits there and even in terms of pricing yes the lower end is getting cheaper but if you go above the lower end it's getting expensive now if you compare a five page brochure website like five uh, three or four years ago to now i think prices are higher for that if you work on agency level now i work with different agencies i get paid more for that if i compare like two three years ago if I get paid more, obviously the agency is getting paid more. No one is doing charity, right? And one important factor why the prices are going up, the WordPress tools, the plugins, themes, and other tools that we are using, their prices have also gone up if you compare it with like two, three years ago. Now WordPress products have more respectable pricing. We do not see those bargain price tags or, you know, sugar-coated promises of lifetime updates. There are people who offer it, but the things have mellowed down a lot. And now WordPress is more of a premium platform to build websites where you have total ownership and control. Obviously, there will be people who would not want to get into WordPress and they will go on Wix. But once their business gets to a next level, they will definitely get out of Wix and come to WordPress. So it is more of a premium thing now, like comparing Samsung with Apple, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm Do not necessarily... I don't know if I necessarily agree from like our, we're not experiencing and what we see through the meetup or WordCamp or even in our own agency seeing prices necessarily going up for the same work, right? Like we've been able to increase what we charge because we've been shifted what we do. You know, we've improved our skills. You know, we are offering different services that are in a higher demand, but overall what we're seeing is, what was, you know, a $10,000 website a year ago, if you were going to charge or two years ago, three years ago, if you wanted to charge that again, you're going to have to fight tooth and nail to get that because there's so much more competition and people know so many more people that do WordPress. And now they're like, well, I could find somebody to do that for seven or five or three. And with Beaver Builder and all of these other things, people are churning out for way less money sites that are just as good. So design for design's sake or charging a lot of money for a beautiful site or a well-designed site isn't, it doesn't cut that anymore. So yeah, I think, is, I think th that is where the niche proposition comes in. Like most of the agencies I work, they only handle with specific type of clients. There's one agency who only handle women projects who want membership websites. So mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So when a, a popular, you know, f- female entrepreneur has a website looks good, the other woman wanting similar kind of website would be ready to pay premium for getting that kind of site. There's another agency who just targets accountants and lawyers. So right. y- you know the competition, like the next door guy has the site from this person. I'm gonna get it from this person. So I think again the niche proposition. You you just can't open a shop. Okay, I'll build all kinds of sites. That won't work in today's scenario. <laughs> I to totally be honest. Agree. So I don't know. I I personally run an agency myself, though I don't do much of direct client work because I'm more I have more comfort zone in doing agency work over the period of like last five years because mm-hmm. that's my comfort zone i like to design and develop rather than you know waste mm-hmm. my time i call it waste but for agency <laughs> owners like communicating with the client i find it serious waste of my production time when i have to deal with you know communicating mm-hmm. with clients so that is why i chose that path i do have my direct clients who don't want to leave me like those vintage clients but yeah. that's about it i, I think uh, you want to show your expertise now. I know there are a few agencies who, who only does LMS websites. And I think mm-hmm. Chris would know them. Like uh, there are people who only does like LMS websites on say Lifter LMS on Learn Dash. Even there's a micro speciali- specialization even in that that we only work with this LMS mm-hmm. plugin and not. And he mentioned about Teachable. Now I know there is an agency who only does membership sites for Teachable platform. So you got to find your you know, specialization yep. and people will be ready to pay premium for that. So I do agree with that. There, there's probably like a technical theory that's out there. And Chris probably knows. I always get so uh, stressed out when Chris is on the show with me because I know he knows so he, he's, he's such a well-read man that there's just so much stuff he knows that I don't know. But I'm sure there's a theory out there of like customers who are just onboarding into technology like they're just getting websites in 2018 and they don't know how to shop uh for the right customer um and they maybe not need to spend five grand yet uh, but then there's a whole cycle that happens to that person who built a site four years ago with let's say you know a cheapo theme and a cheapo host but now they're re-entering the market again and they're like okay we learned a lot of lessons right that you know <laughs> cousin's neighbor's kid that we hired no, yeah. and I paid him with a 30-pack of beer to build our website. We're not going to bring him on board anymore, but we are looking to onboard somebody else. I feel like there's a cycle that happens and with customers. And what happens is now we enter in tech, the technology improvements like, hey, all you had was the editor and custom post types before. And then fast forward, now we have page builders and page builders are getting a heck of a lot better. Uh, now we have Gutenberg. So now there's this whole cloud looming over that. Like, do I go with the core stuff? Do I go with this third party? Um, Devinder, have you seen when you, when you talk to agencies looking yeah. for that kind of efficiency? And, and let me just take one step back. I don't think page builders are bad. I think they sort of get, and sometimes I get caught up in saying like, hey, it's, it's taking away from that middle market. I agree. But I think the, the efficiency of page builders are very useful for <laughs> customers not to have to call us up and say, build me a new page template right? Though we'd love to hammer away at the invoicing, it's not even fun for us, right, to do that sometimes. But anyway, Devinder, what do you see from the agencies looking for efficiency? You know, the same agencies for which I used to do custom Genesis theme, they are not use, now using the whole different tool set, which is using Bebo Builder. 
and uh, like i'll just compare two agencies like one uses beaver builder theme plus beaver builder plugin plus power pack add on the other one uses beaver builder theme beaver builder plugin but ultimate beaver add on so only the one you know little thing is different but still because for an end customer the person who wants a website he wants that website to generate a business nowadays how agencies communicate with the clients they don't say that we going to build a website the right way to approach is like how i see how they how they have their methodology set they see how much revenue are you generating from your website if if a client has a existing website and then you got to build a road map like if we make changes or build a new website this will be the uptake revenue obviously you're not going to put some specific figure but obviously a client should see some uptake in the value or once he spent some amount of money he needs to get that return right so yeah. having a website is sort of an investment but clients are also smart they know that if i'm going to have a website i need to get some return so they also talk in that terms now maybe wordpress elevation is everywhere these days so <laughs> <laughs> damn troy he's everywhere uh chris how about you how do you handle that when the customer buys lifter lms from you and they say i need to customize my website now like i thought i could customize my courses with your software uh you know the visual look and feel uh how do you handle that how do you position it and what does it what does it look like when somebody says hey heard about this gutenberg thing do I just do I just hold on for that or do I do I buy Beaver Builder for a couple hundred bucks? That's awesome. Well, first I want to answer that earlier thing you dropped, which is called the diffusion of innovation. With, ah, uh, I do this. I do this. <laughs> so there's uh we have the early adopter or we have the innovators, then we have the early adopters, we have the early majority, the late majority, and then the laggards at the tail end. So a lot of the, you know, rapid or even hyper growth is when you're coming into the early majority. But even after things die out, the late majority still hangs on. For example, high-end uh, enterprise WordPress will be the last to die um, because they're, they're change resistant. They're not early yeah. adopters and they'll be the last. But uh, in terms of having a product business, which is predominantly built around functionality, not design, we make lifters so that works inside of any theme. However, there are innovators in the space. For example, um, there's the Astra theme, which has added a bunch of not just like basic lifter integration, but a lot of advanced tools. And then, so there's that Ocean WP is another one. But um, when people want great design, we tell them to look to their theme for one. Number two, it's the content, and number three, we've con consciously developed what we call the lifter LMS experts program. And there are people in there who specialize in Beaver Builder or Elementor or certain design styles. So we refer them to that. And those are people who are building either custom services or productized services um, around the LMS space that can bring in that layer of design and advanced mm -hmm. functionality or custom development. So that's how we solve that. Yeah. So do you find that your customers, because of your price point uh, with Lifter LMS, do you find that they're more open to spending a little bit of money on, say, a Beaver Builder or an Astra or an Elementor or something like that? Or do you not really see that transaction ever happen when you recommend it? I think they are more willing, but I have to say both Astra as an example and Lifter LMS, we have a free front end. So we're very conscious of the bootstrapping entrepreneur who's looking to get results before they have to make a big investment. Yes, we have a $1,000 bundle, but even the free version of our plugin with the manual payment gateway 
with a free Astro theme or Genesis or whatever, you can validate your course or your membership and see if it has legs before having to invest a single dollar. So when it, after they get that val validation, um, you know, the purchase decision becomes a lot easier or they just start with like a $99 payment gateway like Stripe. Again, they can, they can just validate there and perhaps that's all they're going to need for their project. So it's, mm -hmm. it can scale up. It's not like you have to bite the big bullet at the beginning if you're not ready or not validated. Mm. Jennifer, I'm interested to know in the agency space what you've done to uh, maybe add other uh, verticals of revenue uh, to the business. So uh, I see a lot of folks tack on SEO, right, as an example. So they do WordPress development for so long and then uh, they add SEO. And, and I don't mean it in like a in like a, in a cheapo way. Like I feel like you know, some people that do it right, they have somebody dedicated in-house. And, yep. and it's funny because I'll just add this little story in. I, years and years ago before, uh, when we first started the agency, there's a traditional publisher in our area and they make like magazines and stuff like that. I don't want to mention any names because I don't want people to look them up. But anyway, they do traditional publishing mm -hmm. and they tacked on web design, right? <laughs> as, oh. as, a, as, as a business. Um, and they actually shopped us and they said, hey, can you do it for, you know, how, and this, these are the, the words, like how cheap can you do it and how cheap can you support it? Basically, so they can margin, you know, make the margin, right? So here we are, uh, probably six years later since I've had that conversation and a professional colleague in my area said, hey, this, he sent me, he forwarded me this email. He's like, hey, this guy's looking for a shop. Do you know anybody? And it was the same guy. And he said, you know, the, the words were, hey, we're looking for a wholesale web designer who can support, <laughs> who can design websites oh. and support us. And uh, we're just very, we're just very uh, uh, not happy with what our current agency charges us. It's like, well, man, if you invested in getting somebody in-house, you wouldn't be in this issue, right? If you actually cared yeah. six years ago and brought in somebody. Anyway, I, uh, uh, <laughs> I'll stop that soapbox rant. But what, what have you done and what do you look forward to in the future to add to the bottom line of your business? I think the biggest thing that we've done is shifted is shifted the client base um, and and focused. We used to do a lot of work with startups, and it was awesome. We worked with some really really amazing people, but um, they're often very bootstrapped. Cash is a really big deal. You know, it's how much can I get for as little as possible because I've got to get this out the door and I've got big dreams. Um, and it was really wonderful as the business was growing, but Brian and I both kind of took a look at the agency and said, okay, we've got to make some shifts if we want, you know, to continue to grow and experience that kind of growth. And so we shifted our base to, we typically now are, are brought in on a project when everybody, our, they, our clients already have everything that we do in place. We're brought in at the point that they need a redesign where what they have reflects where they've been and not where they're going. So we've kind of repositioned ourselves as not an answer to a startup, but an answer to someone who's went the cheap route or went the get it done bootstrap route at first. And now they're looking to do it right. You know, they're looking to, you know, either add features and functionality they haven't been able to do, or they weren't able to do on their own, or the person they hired the first time didn't build in those features or that functionality. So they're looking to extend that. And then we're also focusing more on long-term uh, relationships with clients who aren't looking for a turn and burn website. They're, they're not just looking for somebody to do their website and then they're on their own and they're moved on, but they're looking for a long-term partner with projects that are being rolled out where the initial website is just the first phase. And then it's 
feature additions and testing and rolling out new API integrations and third-party connections and different things over time that, you know, for when we first started our agency, we were building 50, 60, you know, 70 sites a year, and now we're maybe building 10. But we're working with clients that where we've got large retainers that are taking up a huge amount of our time where, you know, so we've shifted business a little bit more. So it's less constant churn of new sites and more long-term partnerships and retainer projects and support on larger sites. And it's, it's also reduced the amount of stress, right? We have to make less sales all the time. And, and that's, you know, that's a lot, that's a lot easier for us. And I think as we move as we continue to move forward, I think if you don't diversify your income, you know, if you only have one income stream and it's selling websites, you are going to eventually burn out and you're going to get exhausted and you're going to be like, client work is terrible and you're going to do something else. And I think that's what we've seen in the WordPress space, right? We've seen, like I look at Twitter, like Twitter used to be an awesome place to go and connect with other people in WordPress. And there was always great content. And anytime you logged it, you turned it on, opened it up during the day, you would find people and they're all talking about WordPress and they're posting about it and they're blogging about it. And now I open up Twitter and I can barely find somebody that's, that's posting anything relevant that's interesting about WordPress. Um, and part of that I think is Slack's fault, but Part of that is there's a, there's a huge group of the community, I think, that was super, super active and then got burnt out because they had one revenue stream, right? Yeah. So if you don't diversify into also offering support or also working on longer term retainers or also having some other type of income coming in, whether it's another service or an add-on service like SEO or something like that, then I think you just get are going to get exhausted we yeah. probably will never go down the SEO route because we know what we do good and we stick with what we do well and we refer everything else out. Yeah, absolutely. Devinder, what does it look like from you not being in the US? I feel Jennifer's pain as well. Like I, same thing. I feel like there's like this, uh, nobody's hyped up about anything <laughs> anymore. It's just like, yeah, we're just doing WordPress. Here we are. Here's another theme. Here's another plugin. But what does it look like from you? Because I, I, a lot of my, fr- my friends and colleagues are all US based. What about you? I think if you talk about this WordPress community in general, for last few years, what I've noticed, there's a geographical expansion of mm-hmm. WordPress happening at a faster pace. Earlier, majority of known WordPress spaces were coming from countries like US and UK, but now you see more people coming from Eurozone countries, Asian countries, and even people from down under in Australia. And more, since more and more people are coming, more ideas are getting implemented, not just in WordPress space, but also in spaces that are actually related to WordPress. Like a lot of people are building SaaS products, which can use, can be used as a standalone product, but can also be used in conjunction with WordPress. Like a classic mm-hmm. example is like content snare from James Rose. Like it's a SaaS based tool to get content for from clients and majority of them are WordPress agencies who use it. So you get the content from client and use it to build a website on WordPress. So I think WordPress overall community has flourished a lot. And there's another thing, like a lot of people assume a lot of titles in WordPress ecosystem. Like I'm a WordPress designer, I'm a WordPress developer, or I'm a WordPress SE expert. But now people are 
shedding of those you know titles and they are more comfortable calling themselves as consultants be it digital consultant and web consultant and they are okay to look outside wordpress as well <laughs> because the, the, that fear that okay if i'm going to learn something else like i'm going to do some saas project or something i'm not be a wordpress person you still be a wordpress person if you're doing a wordpress thing i think lot more different people are coming into the space and people are not now you know uh, attached to their title they want to do new things there are so many new technologies they are actually producing small little tools whether be it on wordpress or saas space to solve problems that they see which is good Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what's interesting really quick is through our meetup is we're seeing more people come to our WordPress meetup that have never come before because they kind of ignored the growth of WordPress over the years and they're like yeah yeah we do WordPress but that's just part of it. And now they're they're coming into the meetup and they're realizing one they're seeing they're getting less business and they're seeing more competition from remote workers with you know the prevalence of of remote workers i think there are more and more companies that are they used to think oh my web developer needs to live in the same city as me or i have to be able to go in for a meeting and now with zoom and everything else and the prolifer the proliferation of remote work more and more people are realizing that doesn't matter and agencies who are local and had these local businesses that are now seeing their business shrink a little bit because the competition's getting bigger we're starting to see them show up at the meetup and say okay now i need to you know we need to do a little bit of work here you know we need to learn more we need to expand our skills you know we need to dive in because we're getting more competition globally as well so just from the the perspective of running the meetup we're seeing more people start showing up to the meetup because they're concerned about the growth of wordpress in competition Yeah. I want to be the consultant that just shows up and just says, "Yes, no. Yes, push that over there. Okay, this goes over here. Don't do that. Don't buy that." That's not how I like somebody just hire me to do that cuz there's so much I could save you probably 10 grand if you just brought me in, paid me 9, and I would just say, "Yes, yes, no." It's all things that you're thinking about. If you about. find that job, you tell me about it. <laughs> I was thinking about that today. I'm like, "How can I make a landing to sell that?" Um, Chris, I want to throw this one to you. Uh I feel as we talk all about these tools we talk about how easy everything is or getting easier I mean at least you have all of these tools in front of you be it free or premium like your own product it sounds great on the surface that people can launch these things but I I look at the small business market especially in my area for my local meetup and and some of the people that are friends of mine that run their businesses man I'm scared for some of them, right? Just to to win online isn't just the website. It's a whole range of things. I won't go into all of them, but I mean email marketing, social marketing, uh SEO if you want to be optimized correctly, mobile, you have to have these different experiences, you have to have an onboarding process. You can't just win with a website. So, well, I mean, do you look at WordPress as becoming especially in the age of upcoming gutenberg like do you ever see wordpress proper trying to solve that next is that too great of a thing is that where a consultant can survive in the next you know at least 5 years is being able to wrap all of these solutions around that what are your thoughts on how competitive it is for a small business to to win online i think that's a great point and to what devender was saying about niches 
uh, people, you know, they don't really buy WordPress or it's not even just about the website. They're buying leads, they're buying sales, they're buying a platform, they're yeah. buying growth, they're buying uh, like a pr product deployment. It's not about the website. It's not about WordPress. If I'm talking to somebody who's in the WordPress community, I might say something like WordPress LMS. But if I'm outside of that space, I say learning platform, training-based membership site. I use all kinds of different words. And what I see some people doing that seems to be working well is they're just addressing pain points and opportunities head on. That's what they do in their marketing. They're not even talking about the technology they use to solve that. Or maybe they do, maybe they list it out, but it's, it's a much more holistic thing where if you want to be successful, you need good design, you need functionality that works, you need everything to be tested. Like Jennifer was talking about add-on services. Um, there's a lot of like big picture pieces that need to come to, together. And as our mutual friend Chris Lemma has said in the past, is there's all these layers of abstraction that the technology does. And WordPress made it easy. Now the page builders made it easier and Gutenberg's going to make it even easier. But that all that means is that the role of the consultant needs to adapt and evolve with the times because people are trying to solve business problems. They don't really want a website. Hmm. Yeah. And, and do you think, so here's an example of uh, the last um, uh, meetup. It was, it was about uh, content creation, right? Content creation for small businesses. So content, Anywhere, podcast, YouTube, blog, email, social, Instagram stories, Snapchat, uh, you know, optimizing your landing pages, making great product uh, uh, landing pages if you have a, a traditional uh, uh, product store, which there are a lot of because we live in a sort of touristy city. There's just so many like people left where they're like brains melting. Like they're like, How, I just got this website up and running. And now I have to compete, you know, doing a live stream, doing a blog, doing a newsletter is there a cost? Like at what cost can a small business afford to go through these different channels to, to capture a customer? And at what cost can a consultant get this stuff done? In other words, can it, is it just too much uh, without getting a $5,000 a month retainer? I think you got to get results on a small investment first and really prove your worth before you go into the bigger playbook. Because and some, some will have a budget for the bigger playbook and you can lay out the process and they'll be like, I want that. But if you can come in there, even for free with your lead magnet or whatever and start getting that noticeable return, then maybe they'll invest the time and the, the financial resources. Um, and I see also a lot of people end up sometimes giving a lot of good advice. But what the business owner is thinking is, can you just do it for me? So as much as you can get into the, all right, I believe you that done for you service should be ready to roll like right there if you're going to advise it. Cause it's one thing to be a cornucopia of knowledge about internet marketing versus having the solution in the box ready to hand over. Well, and that's one of the shifts that we've seen too is um, we, the more, more of our clients are like, we're busy and we don't have time to do this ourselves. So can you write the copy as well? Yes. Great. Or we see people who turn down like the, the clients that say, I don't need the ongoing support. Like, I don't need that. And then months go by and we check in like three months after launch. We're like, you haven't published one thing to your blog. Maybe we should revisit that ongoing. We call it content management support. So there's website support and there's content management support. Maybe we should revisit that and get a plan in place to help you get content out on your blog on a regular basis. And I think that 
there are so many options. Like we tell our clients, pick one and get it done. Like get a system in place, make it a habit, find out a way that you can tackle one marketing tool consistently. And then once you've got that system down and it becomes a habit and it's a part of your, you know, workflow, then add another one and build that habit and then add another one. What, what do we have to do to, or should we not even bother with the customer that says, no, I don't need that ongoing support or, okay, I understand that we should, um, I don't know, mobile test our site, but you know, I'm going to skip that whole phase. Yeah. Or to the, 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 the consultant that's out there who's not doing that and not even offering it and just, you know, I, I know I harp on this a lot, but like the $500 website, uh, we have a, I had a guy who was in my local market who would just, we'd talk to a customer, we'd say it's 5,000, he'd come in and say it's 500 bucks and pay me 100 bucks a month and don't worry about those guys over there. And he would, you know, over the last couple of years, I'd run into him, people would say, yeah, we went with this other guy and super cheap. Uh, it's great. It was so cheap. We got it done. No big deal. <laughs> and, and now he's a real estate agent. Last week he came out, he's a real estate agent. I'm like, where did all your, cli-? like you just came in and just destroyed the local market with this cheap stuff and you left us to pick up the pieces. You left all of these other people. What do we do to get things right for the customer, for the, for the, the consultants in our area? Do we just try to just do WordPress meetups to educate the market? Do we not even worry about it? It's just something that's always on my mind. Like for the customers that say no to you, Jennifer, should you just have like this free Lifter LMS course that people sign up for and you're just pumping great consulting advice over there and when they're ready to spend, they just spend? Like, I don't know what that answer is, if there should even be an answer. The people that are at the, I don't think that there's much that you can do for clients who are in that mindset, right? There's not, I mean, you can say, go ahead and hire those people. And then when your website falls apart, then you call us, but then you're the ass, right? Right. Like, exactly. You can't, you can't say <laughs> that. You can't say, oh my gosh, I know this person and you're going to regret it. But to that point, there's also a certain client that they don't care what the back end looks like. They don't care if the code looks good. They don't care if it's indented properly. They don't care if you use the proper you know, the, the right syntax or what, they don't care because they can't see it and they never interact with it. And for them, even amazing design doesn't matter. They're like, good is good enough. It's done. They're not that savvy. They're like, it looks great to me. A designer looks at that and thinks, oh my God, the margins, the padding, that logo, it's blurry. Like you didn't even do retina. And the client's like, it looks amazing. What are you talking about? Right. Those kinds of clients with that mindset, you're not ever going to change that. No. So- no. You got to let it go and move on to those who do understand where you're at and value what you're delivering. Defender, do you, because you focus with just agencies, I mean, when you were doing direct to consumer, is it, is that the, the breath of fresh air right there to go to, <laughs> go to a direct agency so you can sleep better at night? You're like, at least these people get it. Yeah, exactly. And guess what? Everyone else of us have this called perfectionist bug especially when we are starting off, like we want everything to be perfect. Like if a client paid me like thousand bucks to make a website, oh, he's missing the SEO plugin. Let me install it for him. I won't tell him just make his <laughs> website better. But yeah. once you get little experience, once you get old, older in terms of work profile, you get to understand you got to do what you're supposed to do, right? You can't build a castle when your budget is not matching with that castle, right? So when I am working with agency websites, 
I only focus on the design and development part. Certain projects I do just the design, certain I do only the development. So I restrict myself to the domain I am intended to. And the other important factor is most of the agencies I work, they are not like one person agency. Like they have <laughs> different people for different things. Like I, I'll do the design. There will be a separate person who is the copywriter. And when, when I say copywriter, he's actually a copywriter. Not, not just he just woke up and started writing. And <laughs> that would be me. And, <laughs> and, and then they, they have SEO expert. And most of these agencies make their main money, not from getting their new clients, but nurturing what they have. They have like four figure retainer and they will do everything for a client depending on what he wants. Like they will write their sales letter. They will build the funnels. They will even handle their Facebook ads. Now this is, this, this may sound too much if one or two people are running a web agency, but if there's a group of people who have their own expertise, this isn't a difficult task provided they are good at managing people. So that, that then the point of, you know, the budget, comes like when you have when you're doing so many things obviously the budget will also go up so leave your perfectionist bug just focus on what you've been told to do that's about it chris do you, do you agree with that do you have any a different perspective i think the market really ranges and mm-hmm. one of my favorite strategies to deal with that is to have a um, do-it-yourself option on the low end which could be a free or a cheap course then a done with you that kind of sits in the middle, then the done for you, the high end at the end. And that way you can take your expertise and address all markets. And in terms of marketing, the positioning is key. Like sometimes I'll hear somebody make a marketing offer and and then they'll add something like, I work with professionals who are trying to scale from, you know, 100,000 to a million. So now you're clearly stating like that person has money, you know they can afford your services based on what, you know, they're, the who you say you serve, but you also don't have to leave the people who are startups up to a hundred thousand in the dust by offering a do it yourself or done with you with limited access to your time option. So you, it is possible to spread the market. That's and, those are the ones we refer out. Like we have a yeah. set these, if they have, you know, if they have no budget, then we send them here. If they have a little tiny bit of budget, we send them here. If they have budget, but it just doesn't fit with us because it's not the right niche, it's the wrong market, it's, there's a feature that isn't right, the timeline's not right, then we're, there's a stable of people that we can send them to. Um, so, like, I don't want to offer a done with you. Like... <laughs> <laughs> can you move that? Like, I don't want, I don't want to do that. And, and, um, and I don't, you know, that, so I think it depends on product. I think there's a huge opportunity to do that with products, but from a services perspective, if I am working and I am at my desk and I'm not out having fun or playing with my kids or hiking or whatever, like I want to be doing something where I'm making the biggest impact and also making the most per hour and managing a lower end product, a lower end offer for us doesn't make any sense. So we just refer it out. I'm going to wrap up this conversation with possibly a difficult question, uh, sort of forecasting the future of WordPress, if you can. Uh, what does, two years from now, what does the connection of WordPress.com and WordPress.org look like, if anything at all? Does it look like today where it's sort of like, what's that .com thing over there? <laughs> I just downloaded this over here. Do I sign up over there? And vice versa. Hey, I heard I could get this for free. Why can't I go get that? What do you all see 
as that future connection, if anything, from what you see upcoming with Gutenberg, what we have with Jetpack today, where the th you think the market's going. Um, whoever wants to take that one first, go ahead and <laughs> just jump, jump right in if you have something. Um, go ahead. Dot com, dot org, two years from now. I'll give it to I Chris. It, okay. Let me go last. <laughs> All right. I'll let go last. Devinder. <laughs> I think it will remain like what it is now. Obviously, they will add more features to the .com offering because they can't risk, you know, porting .org to .com and make like Apple-like walled garden because success of WordPress is because of .org download offering. Because I just read this comment somewhere two days back, like WordPress, uh, the uh, WordPress was never a good product maker. They all got these product, you know, forked from other products, but they are good in terms of leading the organization and WordPress is because of the community that is using the, those products. And if you compare the percentage of .com with .org users, I think it would be like a big seesaw difference. Like the, the usage of .org is such, uh, will be higher by a very big percentage. Yes, they will definitely add more features to .com and want to make more money. <laughs> but I don't think so .org is going anywhere in future. More people will definitely use .org, but less people will talk about WordPress. They will, more people will talk about solving online solutions, business problems through online solutions. That's it. Awesome. Jennifer? I think that, I think that WordPress.com will continue to grow because they, they have to become better if they want to compete with Squarespace and they want to compete with Wix and they want to compete with those other kinds of options. So I think you're going to see more features. You're going to see it become uh, easier and you're going to see some of that low end, those startups, the really, really budget conscious. I think you're start, going to start to see some split among that area for people who, for like our clients, I don't ever see it being, I don't ever see it being an issue or that the, you're never going to see the enterprise, big companies, things like that going and being like, let's go to wordpress.com and we'll get locked into their requirements. You know, they want to be able to do, they want total control, right? And that's what wordpress.org gives. But I do think that there's some divisiveness that's starting to happen with, like you look at what happened with Gutenberg, like that wasn't necessarily a dot org that's not a dot org thing that was not the democracy that wasn't a democracy that made those decisions and pushed that forward right that's automatic's agenda getting pushed into dot org and some of that is due to you know who the the lead contributors are you know who the main developers are that have time that are paid that are working on it and pushing it forward but there was a there's a huge amount of decisiveness and kind of this split that's happened over that. And people are really, really angry about it. And some people are really excited about it. And I think if we continue down the path that we are leading today with the automatic agenda being forcefully pushed in to core, which is what a lot of people feel like happened, I think you're going to start to see more, more of a split and I don't know what that looks like in a couple of years. Chris? I think WordPress.com is trying to have its cake and eat it too. And what I mean by that <laughs> is recently, not yeah. that recently, but the, uh, I believe their business plan allowed the installation of third-party plugins. Yeah. So yeah. they're 
they're kind of it's kind of a hybrid between it's our monthly thing here, but you can also use all these open source tools. And I, I don't know what kind of support that's causing them to kind of open up kind of the infinite channel. But I think I would love to see them figure out how to have their cake and eat it too. But if, they're, yeah. if they want to compete with, uh, you know, the square spaces and the Wix, they need an easy point and click, drag and drop, do it yourself, nice looking templates platform. I think that's great. And in the, the wordpress.org folks, those are people looking for custom solutions. Just like I was talking about with LMS, when people want to own their platform and have control over it, that's .org and that's what it's all about. But there, there has been a consistent branding problem here because the, they both include the word WordPress and it's hard for people to figure out. I'd love to see some progress on differentiating that. Um, and I don't know who gets to keep the name, but if they could somehow change the name, I think that would be very helpful in terms of, you know, differentiating to eliminate the confusion in the, in the marketplace. I don't think they'll ever take the name away. I think it's, I think it's pure pure leverage. I don't think that'll happen either, but we (laughs) do, we do see some confusion there with like, especially like at WordCamp, we've seen some confusion with people They show up and they're like, but I have a, I have, I have WordPress, but I don't have that. And then we have to say, wait a second, what? And then we're looking, I mean, that, even people who are using WordPress.com or WordPress.org, some people don't realize that they have one or the other or that there's even two different things. Maybe they'll rebrand WordPress to Gutenpress. So. <laughs> <laughs> or even just yeah. adding a word. They can, both keep, <laughs> they can both keep WordPress, but add the Let's word. That, not. That, will, that will satisfy their obsession to the core. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's funny. I'll, I'll, I'll stay... I'll stay with my prediction that I made probably a couple of years ago at this point that we will see a more app-like uh, experience coming from .org and, and, and potentially upselling to .com. And, and I thought we would have seen this before. And I, I feel like Matt is just uh, had made some bets and uh, they didn't pan out. So the, uh, well, the app that they have, of course, now the name's for, uh, escaping me. Uh, it was released a couple of years ago. Uh, native app, not native app, but a uh, cross-platform app that you could download and publish to .com and .org. Either way, I feel like when it, I had an interview with Matt many years ago, and he said something to the fact, uh, when somebody downloads a zip file at WordPress.org, they don't know what to do with it, right? They're talking brand new, brand new users, right? They heard about WordPress. They say, hey, go get WordPress. And his words, again, paraphrasing were, hey, they go to .wordpress.org, they click download, and then what? They've got this zip file on their desk, they don't, on their desktop. They don't know what to do with it. Uh, and I think that that little comment will translate into something much greater where he's going to look at .org as a way to, you download an app uh, and you have the option to deploy your WordPress site to a recommended WordPress host, uh, you know, Bluehost, uh, a WP Engine, anything that has any kind of investment around the uh, uh, Audrey Capital portfolio or uh, WordPress.com. And um, that will be the way that we experience uh, WordPress in a couple of years or the brand new users. And Goomberg will be tightly integrated into that in terms of, hey, here's your first page, let's build it. And when you want to drag something in, there'll be a, a 99 cent purchase of a block, right? A better block that can buy, right? Or it just says, hey, if you want this collection of blocks, if you want to be able to move your WooCommerce products around, buy this, you know, Jetpack pack for $99 a year. And oh, by the way, you get all these other complimentary services with it. Uh, that would be my great prediction for a couple of years from now on how this whole thing 
pans out. I think we're just uh, baby steps right now. Right? Where would the uh, third-party marketplace sit in that vision? Well, so in terms of my uh, uh, tinfoil wearing hat would be that it would be searchable in the, uh, again, if you're thinking of this as an app, if you're thinking about integrating it in an app, um, and if you're using an app to publish to WordPress, if that's a primary interface, um, it's going to be right through that app only. Um, I feel like the reason why we've never seen .com or .org themes and .org plugins ever become a true marketplace is because he's trying to figure that out right now. But uh, if you want to, you know, have this marketplace thing for .org, mm-hmm. like they got to do it at the level of hosting because if you install a heavy zip file on something like a cheap hosting, it won't even complete. So right. the experience will still be not what he or she looking for, right? So right. that's not the end of the story because if you, I'll just give you a simple example. Like if you download a Beaver Builder zip file, install it on a hosting like SiteGround, it will install in a few seconds. But if you do it on a host gator, it will fail. Yeah. So <laughs> yes. <laughs> so there's a there's a big difference because there's a lot of things. Even even if you tackle these things on a software level, which is .org, you the but everything is still getting powered by the web hosting that they are using. So right. the lines that are blurring the .com and .org will still be there. But I don't know. Maybe they will recommend this hosting you have to use. Else, that, no that, hosting. Maybe make money out of it. Well, I and wonder exactly what is. What is the amount of people that are actually going to .org and downloading WordPress? Like, I would never tell somebody to go do that. Like, I would never say, oh, you want to you get started with WordPress? Go to WordPress.org and download WordPress. We say, go to this host, sign up for hosting, and they're going to get, you know, you'll get your WordPress site through a host. Fanta- fantastical. Right? Yeah. Like, that's, <laughs> I mean, how many people actually, I would be curious to know, because that's I, I, a pretty terrible way to introduce somebody to WordPress. I would say there's, I think for beginners, there's a lot of people that go through that, whether or not they are guided somewhere else. But I think WordPress.org is probably what the 70th most traffic site, right? I think in the, in the world, I think the last number I saw, which was quite some time ago, but I would imagine there's a lot of people that go there and whether or not they say, Oh, I, okay, I'm just going to download this. I need to get it somewhere else. Um, I'm probably sure it's probably a pretty big number that experiences it that way. Uh, but that's sad you know we'll 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 see i mean we'll see it's just (laughs) i I think there's going to be that experience of you know here it is and now you can deploy it to only these recommended hosts certainly not you know host gator unless (laughs) and and make more let's hope not and make more money via affiliates right right yeah exactly Uh listen Super exciting panel. I'm glad I got all of you together. Devinder, it is what, uh, almost 11 o'clock at night or 11 o'clock right now, right? Yeah, but that's normal working time for me. So no all right. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks for staying up. Thanks for staying up late or starting your day off with us, however you see it. Um, I squeezed my screen a little bit. So starting from the top, Jennifer, who are you? What do you do? Where can people can connect with you to say thanks? All of that fun stuff. Uh, who am I? Jennifer Bourne. You can find me at jenniferbourne.com. I'm usually Jennifer Bourne on all the things. So... If you just search for me, you'll find me. Vendor's right below me now. 
Well, you can find me on my newly launched website, iTheWinder.com, inspired from craftedbymat.com. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to listen to me, I've launched a new podcast. Go to smartwebcreators.com. There are like three, four episodes. Popular nice. faces. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And Chris. I'm Chris Badgett. You can find me at lifterlms.com. I'm at Chris Badgett on Twitter. I have a podcast for course creators called LMS Cast, and I am helping organize uh, WordCamp Portland, Maine. So if you're nice. I'll be there on November 3rd. Awesome. Nice. I'm going to get that in my calendar. Uh, also, the author of tinyofficehouses.com, right? That's true. Live from there right now. <laughs> if you haven't seen the photos uh, that Chris posts of his, uh, his remote office space, uh, definitely check it out on Twitter and Facebook. It's, it's, a, it's a great setup. Everybody Especially else if you have kids. Especially if you have kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm in, my, I'm, I'm in my, my third floor attic, so uh, they, can't, they can't hear me. I can't hear them. Everybody else is Mariport.com. Mariport.com slash subscribe to join the mailing list. It's number one way to stay connected. As always, we love a five-star review in iTunes. Let's get more than Devinder does because I know in about six months he's going to have 3,000 five-star reviews. Can't <laughs> let him get ahead of me. 